0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ETM.
1: Here's the key to a good date. And this doesn't require money at all. Be creative and be thoughtful. If you show the other person that you are listening to what they like and you're interested in, you know, showing them your interests and are also interested in taking on their interests, I always think that your date will be a winner. So in terms of saving on the date, it's not about going to the fanciest restaurant. It's not about going to the most expensive place that you can or spending the most money. Start asking yourself, what does this other person like to do?
2: You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, shauna come to game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money each week shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness entrepreneurship traveling like a boss and what makes millennials tick unique stories trailblazing perspectives tips tricks and everything there is to know about money find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live pretty cool right here's shauna Money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado.
0: Welcome back to the show, my friend. It is so good to have you here. Okay, I will be the first to admit that Valentine's Day is most definitely a Hallmark holiday, and I've spent many a Valentine's Day myself just buried in a box of chocolates at home, pretending that my cat Sophie was my date. I know, slightly depressing. But showing someone you love them, even just like them, is about way more than a day. And let's be real, dating, wooing, courting, falling in love, whatever you want to call it, it can be expensive. In this episode, Kristen Myers, editor-in-chief of The Balance, is here to share the best ways to afford the cost of dating. By the way, get this, in a recent study they did at The Balance, millennials spend on average $69 for first dates. Yes, really. Kristen is also sharing how to create a perfect date for a fraction of the price, when you should talk about money with your honey, and the impacts of inflation on your wallet. Plus, we do both get a little personal sharing some of our favorite dating stories. This episode is sure to make your heart swell. I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. Let's get on with the show. Well, Kristen, I am so excited to have you back on the show, and thanks for just being super willing to get vulnerable with me and talk about this idea <laughs> of dating and money in this in this month of love. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. So it would be sort of a miss to start off this episode and not talk about uh, Valentine's Day. So do you have any big plans? I mean, this is going to air the day after Valentine's Day, but- just sort of in retrospect, thinking about, are you, are you mm. going to be doing anything on the day?
1: I, I will. I, I really like to ski. And so um, this I'll be spending the Valentine's Day kind of weekend since it's on Monday, which right. really sucks, I, I think. It you should know, be a for, holiday, right? It, like, it really should. Or it, it should always be on, you know, maybe the second Friday of February, kind of like Thanksgiving, so that we can, we all know that we can go to dinner on a Friday or a Saturday night, but I will be spending it in in Maine skiing. So I like to spend my winter skiing.
0: That sounds very picturesque. I kind of love that idea. I'm I'm adopting your Valentine's Day plans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I highly recommend it for everyone, whether you are burned out or not, need a getaway or not. I always encourage everyone to go into a cabin somewhere and look out at yes. the snowy landscape. You don't have to even be outside. You could just look at outside from the warm, cozy inside. But if you do like the outside, you know, you can go skiing cross country or Alpine. You can go snowshoeing. I've never done
0: that, but that's an
1: option for you. Uh, and just really enjoy, I guess the beautiful landscape.
0: And you don't even have to be with anyone. I think that's the cool message I've always wanted to share about Valentine's Day. Like, I, Yes, I understand it's a Hallmark holiday and it's about love, but why can't it also just be about loving yourself? And if, if that's the way you love to spend the day, then then go for it.
1: You know, it's really obviously I'm someone who who likes to talk about being responsible with money, but I won't lie. I I like gifts and I'm happy to buy them for myself (laughs) if I don't have someone to buy them for me, whether that's Christmas or birthday, Valentine's Day, everyone, all the single men and, and women out there get yourself something special. I mean, you love yourself. I mean, even if you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner of some sort, I highly encourage buy yourself a little
0: something this year. That's great. This is going to be our homework assignment for everyone listening. I love this. So the balance recently, you guys did this whole survey on on millennials and dating. And some of what you found, I think is like really interesting. I just want to start here. You found that millennials, on average, spend about sixty nine dollars for the first dates, and even to take that further, most people said that they would be willing to split the date I mean, I have some serious opinions on this, but would love to hear from you like does this sixty nine dollars like, does this shock you it did
1: i i I had to admit and really kind of take a look at my own, uh, I think bias perhaps, or even just na- more, not a narrow worldview, but I feel like I've so used to New York, which is where I live and how much things cost here that I forget that elsewhere things might not be as expensive or people might not be as used to shelling out as much money because 69, so let's just call it $70, that will not get you very far in New York city. Uh, Just if you want to go out for cocktails, I mean, you buy, you know, two or three drinks at peace and you're already well beyond that. Forget if you even want to add a meal onto that or, you know, something like going to the movies because going to the movies is, you know, $20 a ticket now, plus the popcorn and the drinks. I mean, it can get incredibly pricey. Um, And then in addition to that, I was, Honestly, so surprised to see millennials, because that is my cohort, they didn't just say that they were willing to let people or willing to split the cost of the date. They actually felt that people should be splitting the cost of the date. And that flies in the face, I think, of all of the <laughs> conventional wisdom I have ever received growing up um, as someone, you know, in a heteronormative relationship about what courtship is supposed to look like. I was told, you know, the man should always pay on the date or whoever asks the other person out should be the person paying for that date.
0: Well, I I have to share a story. So my husband, we went on, we met on match.com and we went on a date. We met, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. We met in Santa Monica and he had said, well, let's just go to this, this pizza place. And I thought, okay, fine. No big deal. Right. But when I got there, he was like, no, nah, I don't really want to go to this pizza place. Like, let's go to this other restaurant that was across the street. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, right? So we get in the restaurant and I could tell, like, this is a fancier restaurant. Like, this is going to be a higher higher cost, you know? And the waitress comes over and, like, she asked for the drink order. And I'm thinking, like, what do, like, what do I order? Do I, do I order what I would normally <laughs> order? Like, what do I order? So I ordered a drink that I would normally order. And, you know, in my head, because I'm a money person, I'm, like, adding up what dinner is costing, what the drinks are costing. And you know, I thought, okay, I, you know, fully, fully expect like we can split this. It's it's not a problem. Although, yes, I tend to, you know, lean more and like, if you want to take me out for a date, like, you know, I'm worth you spending some money. And so, you know, the bill comes and he takes it and he and he pays it. And I just it's that moment of like feeling like, ooh, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? So I think it's really interesting that this survey found that most people were like, no, hey, we're okay with with splitting the cost okay, yes,
1: but what's interesting is that they do say that they are more likely to be swayed into going on a second date if the other person does pick up the tab or pays more money, mm. which is interesting, right? So that almost says to me that a lot of people out there are are kind of having the same, I don't know if I want to call it anxiety um, that you're oh. describing in that story. You know, they're out on a date and they're thinking, oh no, maybe I should split the cost of the date. I don't want to appear, you know, as if I'm expecting or that I'm entitled to the other person to pay for this. But they do like it when the <laughs> other person picks up the tab and, you know, pays for the cost of of the meal. And if you are spending a little bit more cash, I guess it looks a little bit nicer to whoever you're taking out because they are more likely to want to go out with you again. At least that's what the respondent said. So we were trying to even figure some of those things that might be going out. And I think what you're describing in that story is a little bit what we see happening now, that there is this measure of Do I pull out my wallet or or do I not? Which is interesting because you don't think that money would play that early into a relationship, but it does even from the very first date.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking that too. Like from the very first like meeting, even when you're deciding where you're gonna go. Are you gonna go to dinner? Are you just gonna go to coffee? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, there's already sort of a, a money conversation that isn't being talked about, but is sort of existing in that in that space, I will. So I had I had this first date with my husband on a Friday, and Saturday I had another date. <laughs> With another guy. Uh-oh. And and we went to um this bar. We were just gonna have a drink. I sound like a complete lush on on this episode, but I swear I don't drink this much. So we were we were gonna have a drink, and then the waitress came over and she said, Um, you know, can I get you something to drink? And he ordered a drink first. And I was like, Okay, you know, I mean, I'm a feminist, but like you could at least let me order first. So he orders first, and then he looks at me and he says, "Oh, I guess I'll buy her a drink." <gasps> and I thought, "Whoa, okay, date dates not only over. <laughs> what? But I can't believe you would actually so it it is really interesting, like all these nuanced uh, just bits of dating and and they're all sort of circled around around money more or less. I'm honestly a little bit flabbergasted because what was the point of asking you
1: out if they weren't going I mean the this the server just asked if you wanted to order a drink. I mean the bill wasn't there as yet. It weren't wasn't pay as you go, I'm assuming. So that's such a strange response. But Um, yeah, no money is, is coming into play so early. And I think that when you were talking about that, the kind of date that you ask someone on kind of indicates the financial choice that, or the financial investment that you are willing to make when it comes to finding love. And I think that that does signal to the other person, something about you, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I know a lot of people in New York love to do coffee dates. I personally am not into them. Um, I don't feel that I well, one, I don't drink coffee. So anytime <laughs> so I'm a coffee right? date, I say I don't drink coffee. And they say, Well, I can get you some tea. <laughs> and I think I could just stay at home and put a, a bag of tea into hot water and we could just have a phone conversation. I don't have to leave my home so that you can shell out, you know, a dollar fifty. I mean, because that's the bare minimum that right that right. someone is going to be doing when a, when you're having a coffee date. I feel like, you know. Put in some effort. It doesn't even have to cost money, but put some effort in. And I think that people do associate with money spent with effort. And so I do think that when people pay more, right, it says something to the other person, you know, oh, maybe they like me more. Maybe they're interested or maybe they're willing to put in this investment, right? We hear a lot when it comes to dating and particularly when the cost of dating is high, that it's an investment people are making, you know, into another person. And I guess, you know, Gen Z millennials are far savvier than I think some of their predecessors because we talk about investments now all the time. I mean, just looking at the markets and how much young people are investing, people want a return on their investment. And if they're going to spend money on love, well, then I guess they better be at least ending up in a relationship or walking down the (laughs) aisle.
0: Right, I I love that, and so so thinking about those terms, if if sixty nine dollars is kind of the average, we'll call it seventy dollars is sort of the average. What are your thoughts about building dating into our budget? Like, how do we actually incorporate that in so that you know we do have the cash to go on these dates? Depending on how many dates that that we actually really do want to go on, I felt
1: personally proud of you know. My fellow millennials and even the younger cohort to see that 75% are actually putting dating into their budgets, which is great because if dating is an expense or going out on dates is something that you're going to do with some sort of regularity then it should be a line item, you know, in in your budget. I mean, we we found that a quarter of of daters are spending $250 or more each month on dating. Wow. And if, and that's a variable cost, but we already know that there's variable costs that we all put into our budgets every single month, like paying for groceries. I imagine if you're dating very often, maybe you're spending a little bit less in the grocery category. But I mean, it it is one of those variable expenses that really should be considered every single month. Maybe do you date more in the winter? Do you date more in the summer? I mean, because otherwise you could end up spending a lot of money on dating. And at the end of the month, you're looking at your bank account wondering where did all of your money go? (laughs) Well, it went into those steak dinners or the buying cocktails or you know, maybe
0: many, many, many bags of tea. (laughs) Many bags of tea. Yes. Actually, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and she said that she was actually dating in 2020, 2021. Yes. In pandemic times, but she was doing a lot of her dates virtually. And she actually loved that because she can make her own meal at home, have her own cocktail. And like, there wasn't that awkwardness around who's paying around, where are we going? I mean, obviously you're not face to face. So there's a lot of things that you don't pick up, you know, on a zoom or FaceTime date, but she actually said that she was saving a lot of money from not going on these dates
1: I imagine that you would. And you can also wear, just like, you know, the rest of us that are working from home, maybe a nice shirt and you can just wear shorts or some sweatpants (laughs) on bottom. Um, A lot of people, yeah, are continuing to date throughout the pandemic. And I mean, Maybe worryingly or not, a lot of the daters that we asked, we were curious to know if the pandemic was impacting their dating, if impact if was if it was impacting their finances, and if when they went out on a date they were considering the pandemic, and they mm, weren't really. I mean, it, yeah, there there was no concerns about being vaccinated. Only a very small percentage, uh, fifteen percent. Actually said that they would not date someone if they hadn't received a, a vaccine against COVID nineteen. So for most of them, it they were really shrugging their shoulders at the pandemic and were saying, "Hey, if you're vaxxed or not, it doesn't matter. We can still, I guess, go out on a date." Now I do know people were doing. Socially distanced dates, going to the park, people got creative. And I think that that creativity has allowed people to save a little bit of money. And we talk a lot about working from home and how that's going to change, you know, worker habits going forward. I don't think we've asked ourselves enough how the pandemic is going to change dating habits going right. forward. If people are more okay with, you know, just going to the park and going on a walk and trying to get to know someone without an actual activity that costs money. You know, I, I will be curious to see how people are dating in two years. Hopefully we will not be in the <laughs> pandemic then. Uh, so let's just call it now. We will not be in the pandemic in two years. I'll, I'll be interested to see how much people are dating and how they're dating in two years compared to how they're dating now.
0: That's com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before Nerd Wallet, I was paying for vacations finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third-party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. And I would also imagine that just things that are happening in the economy around like inflation right now, things are more expensive. So even if you did budget a certain amount for a date when you go to actually have that date and pay those prices, like some of those things are really expensive. So this is such
1: a good point. And, and in addition to doing this survey, we actually have been checking inflation and checking to see how it's impacting every single holiday. So, you know, When we chatted, we we were talking about inflation and how it's impacting things like Christmas and it's impacted Thanksgiving. Well, we also checked on how it's impacting Valentine's Day. And you're absolutely right. Everything is much more expensive. I mean, just for reference, we got the latest inflation figures out today up seven and a half percent from last year. And just looking at some of the items that are popular, you know, items to buy for Valentine's Day Diamonds, 15% more costly. Roses, 54% more expensive, Shauna. And if you thought that you were going to save money by cooking dinner at home, you won't. Because (laughs) I mean, steak is 63% more expensive. And if you wanted to add some turf to that surf and turf, lobster is 27% (laughs) more expensive. So you are not going to have any savings, at least in terms of the grocery store. So maybe skip making the romantic meal this year and and go out for dinner instead or DoorDash or Uber Eats or something. Or like some a money. nice
0: box of um, mac
1: and cheese, right? <laughs> yeah. You can always, you can always rely on that to be a cheaper, although I bet the the prices are up on that. I haven't checked how Kraft mac and cheese is, <laughs> is holding up right now, but I, I, it's probably more expensive now than it was before. But yeah, it, everything is just going up. Love is, Love is painful to the heart and to the wallet, Shauna, I'm telling you.
0: It really is. We can put an exclamation mark on that. And every year I tell my husband, look, I love that you're very sweet, that you want to buy me flowers around Valentine's Day, but I'm a money person. And so I know how much they're marked up around Valentine's Day, especially now. So how about we just take that money from the roses and put it somewhere else? And every year he nods and says, yeah, okay. Then he comes back with the roses. So um uh, I just have to go along with it. Tell him to buy you a rose NFT or
1: something. Ooh. That will really be
0: the gift that keeps
1: on giving. <laughs> I
0: love that idea, right? We can all we can all tell our uh, significant others, like, let's buy things like stocks and NFTs and things that are just going to appreciate versus die and we're going to have to throw out. I mean, at least when
1: it comes to inflation, we have seen the markets outpacing the, the the pace of inflation. So that money that you are going to invest in the market, at least based on the returns that we saw in 2021, are going to do better than if it just sat there in your savings account or was you know, used on more expensive or pricier flowers that will, to your point, die in about a week.
0: Yeah, I hate to be a... Uh... I hate to be so sort of uh, stating the obvious there, but it's true, right? <laughs> uh, so another thing that really jumped out at me from the survey I thought was really interesting that, I mean, this is just so counterintuitive to me, but that income is the least important factor in choosing a person to date. And the reason why I say this is counterintuitive is because, we all kind of grow up, and we're like, "Oh, we're going to marry somebody like super wealthy, and you know, we want to be in a relationship that's got everything together." And then, what this survey is showing is that we just don't really care. Maybe that changes somewhere along the line. But I thought that was really interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I thought that income and wealth would be a little bit higher up on the scale, but. No, looks and personality are still the two most <laughs> popular things that people are looking at, which I guess in in a way is a really good thing that when it comes to priorities, people yeah. are still saying, you know what, because they didn't say that they don't care about those things. It's just that when they rank them compared to everything else, they fall to the bottom of the list. So I think it, it kind of follows the same formula that we all do experience. You first see someone on the street and or in a bar or. I mean, maybe in a a Tinder app or something like that. And the first thing that you can see is what they look like. And then you start talking to them and it's how do you interact with this person? And then you go further and further down the list, you know, checking off your boxes. And then you do eventually come to that point of what's your income? What kind of wealth do you have? What's your education? And then people start to make decisions once they've, you know, ticked off looks, ticked off personality. So, looks is still going to be the number one thing. So unfortunately, you can't buy your way into love. It looks like people still wanna be attracted to their partners.
0: Makes sense, I agree. And I also was thinking about this as you were sending me all of these like fun stats. Like I would imagine that it's, really fun to put these surveys together at the balance like what sparks your idea on on creating a survey like this
1: <laughs> my team laughs at me because they've literally witnessed um light bulbs going off over my head when, <laughs> when we're having conversations uh look i think it's part of what makes finance i don't want to say fun that's such a cliche but really interesting because it it inter it intersects with everything that we do and so Normal conversations that we're having at work about money kind of spark these questions that we have about what other people are thinking. And at the time, uh, we've been affectionately calling this our cuffing season survey because it was the start of cuffing season. You know, when people decide to find a partner for the for the fall and for the winter. And I was, you know, we were talking about how are people approaching dating this year and how are they approaching their finances when it comes to dating? Are they spending a lot of money on dating apps and how many dating apps are they on? And by the way, the answer to that question is about $30 a month. They're actually spending on, really? on going on dating apps. Yeah. I, I Gone are the days where people, when people would say, oh, I'm not going to spend any money on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or whatever else is out there people and younger people are very happy to shell out five, $10 per app. And they're on several, you know, to find, um, romance. So that's where the impetus for this survey came about. But, um, generally speaking, anytime we do a survey or put out research, it's because we're, we're having these conversations ourselves and we just decide to, you know, ask others what they're also thinking about it.
0: It's so interesting. This, I mean, this intersection of anything having to do with love and money, I think is such an interesting conversation because there is so much that is not talked about, even if you're just on dates. Um, I I had a friend the other day send me a, a text and she said, you know, I'm going on my third date with this guy. I really like him, but I have all of this shame around money and I think he makes more money than I do. And what what do I say if he asks me, what do I do and how much money I make? Like, I mean, it's just question after question after question. And she just got herself in like such an anxiety spiral that by the end of the conversation, she was like, well, I don't even know if I want to go on the date anymore. And so I, I think it's really interesting, like talking about this and, and the fact that that money is this integral part, even from the very beginning.
1: That is so true. And it's something that we don't talk about enough and we need to, because what's the number one cause of divorce in this country? It's always money. It it always comes down to money. What do they say when you're getting married? Talk to your partner about money. Find out, you know, even before you're ready to walk down the aisle and hopefully before you even have gotten to the point of engagement, like you should know how much debt your partner has. If they have good credit or bad credit, you know, I say all the time and I tell so many people this, who you marry will actually be one of the biggest financial decisions that you will ever make. And so it is important to start talking about money and thinking about money, even from the very beginning of us dating someone doesn't mean that on a first date that we need to, you know, drill <laughs> into someone's personal finances, finding out, you know, how much debt they have or what their credit score is. I would think that that's a little bit too invasive for a first date, but at some point in your relationship you are going to want to have that conversation and talk about future and potential earnings and what are your personal finance goals do you invest what are your investment goals what are what are your money goals what are you you know hoping for in the next 10 years and 50 years when it comes to your money and are we aligned on those paths i think that would save so many people a lot of time and a lot of i guess maybe heartache or trouble a little bit later on down the line if they are willing to be vulnerable and have those conversations because they do need to be had.
0: That's a great I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary. But now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for delete me now at a special price for my listeners today get 20% off your delete me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/etm and use promo code etm at checkout the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com Slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J O I N D E L E T E M E dot com slash ETM. Go to com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of the Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to the Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion, in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meaning from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great idea. I love talking about goals because I think it takes... Takes a little pressure off the numbers, and it lo- it's it's more of a positive spin thinking about goals. So I, I love that you bring that up, and I I really want to leave everyone with maybe some ideas. I know we've talked about a few of them, but some ideas of how to how to date without breaking the bank. Do you do you have any tips on just how we can have awesome dates this year without? without going into debt, without maybe, you know, feeling all of this anxiety over, we we need to spend $70. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, some of the obvious things that we won't talk about, but we'll just keep it PG. Uh, are there any affordable ways to really do this dating thing?
1: Okay. So Shauna, I'm going to tell you about one of the best first dates that I've ever been on um, yeah. with a, a man who is now a friend, but several years ago, it was in New York and he asked me what my favorite kind of sandwich was and i told him
2: and Which
1: is what we have to it, know i think it was a, i think it was a roast beef sandwich okay, okay. which has changed by the way oh, my okay. tastes have you know matured in yes. the sandwich department but this was back when i was like 24 25 uh, i think i said a roast beef sandwich with lettuce and whatever else cheese because i love cheese and uh, when he he picked me up on the date and he had all these you know, like supplies with him, and it turns out that he we went to his favorite part of uh, Central Park. And he made a picnic for us with, you know, he had the sandwiches that he made for himself and for me. He got my favorite kind of chips, which is salt and vinegar, that has not changed, (laughs) um, because they are the best. And then afterwards, he knew that my favorite museum in New York uh, is the Museum of Natural History, that also hasn't changed. I do love, you know, the Met and the MoMA, but I love the Museum of Natural History. And it turns out that through his job, and actually many corporations have this kind of arrangement with a lot of the museums around the city. Uh, He was able to score, I think, free tickets, actually, to the Museum of Natural History. And he must not have spent more than $12 on, you know, the the lunch meats and the breads, some things that he, of course, already owned, like ketchup and (laughs) mustard. (laughs) He already had at his house. And it wasn't an expensive date at all. Here's the key to a good date. And this doesn't require money at all. Be creative and be thoughtful. If you show the other person that you are listening to what they like and you're interested in you know showing them your interests and are also interested in taking on their interests, I always think that your date will be a winner. So in terms of saving on the date, it's not about going to the fanciest restaurant. It's not about going to the most expensive place that you can or spending the most money. Start asking yourself what? Does this other person like to do, and then figure out a way, and, and perhaps be creative, um, and show them that you that you've been listening to them and that you are interested in them in your date choice.
0: That sounds like a great first date. I'm sorry that it didn't work out, but uh, he- definitely- We were better off as
1: friends, but it was okay. a good date. It he, was a great date. He
0: definitely <laughs> nailed the ambiance. I mean, you know, way to go, right? <laughs> Picnics
1: are always, I tell everyone, I love a good picnic date. I mean, it is the easiest way to be more memorable. You save money, you're outside, It's you can take advantage of really good weather, Um, museums are always a great idea because they sometimes allow you to pick how much you're going to pay. Um, So there's so many honestly great options out there. And even you can get cute and do virtual dates, even like your friend was doing. And uh, my friend went on a virtual date recently. And what he did was he actually he really likes wine and picked out this really nice uh, bottle of wine and actually sent her the same bottle to her house so that they could enjoy, you know, the same bottle of wine together while they sat and talked about, you know, everything under the sun. So there's definitely ways to save money on dating. I think it just takes a little bit of time and thought and creativity.
0: I love that story. That's so fantastic. Well, hopefully we have inspired at least a few listeners to you know, think about dating and money and love and how we talk about all of this. And I know I'm going to be picturing you skiing now that's that's where I have you now in the ski chalet, <laughs> maybe with some hot cocoa. I don't know it depends on depends on if we if we do the cocoa or not, but i I would love for you to tell everyone if they want to dig in and they want to read more about this survey and about all the other kind of cool surveys you guys come up with at the balance, where do they go?
1: Well, head on over to thebalance.com or you can find us on Twitter at The Balance.
0: It is true. Dating is only getting more and more expensive. So I really want to challenge you to just think outside of the box with everything around love and money. Figure out some fun but low-cost dates. Even if you're married, it's a great activity to do. And then when you're dating, I want you to talk about money way before it feels comfortable to do so. As Kristen said, money is one of the single factors to divorce or even just a relationship progressing forward. So don't be afraid to get on the same page money-wise while you're also getting on the same page love-wise. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with a few friends and family members today, anyone who you think needs to hear a little, little extra message around love and money. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as the amazing sponsors that make this podcast possible. I will see you right back here in a few days for a brand new episode.
2: Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, Leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.
0: Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.